0: Welcome back to another episode of And Another Thing, the show that is really making other podcasters concerned for their livelihoods. Because, let's face it, we are taking the world by storm. My name is Jody Jenkins.
1: And I am Leo DiCaprio.
0: Oh, Leo. Welcome back to the program. Let me just say this, and hopefully Tony's not listening, but it's much nicer having you in here than Mr. Clement.
1: Well, thank you. I, you know, I I think that uh, I've got a lot to offer and uh, I was talking to Brad Pitt the other day and he encouraged me to come on your show.
0: (laughs) Tony, how are you? Hey, I'm great. I'm feeling good.
1: Uh, Thank you for asking, Jody. I hope you and your family are well as well. We decided to do another podcast, just the two of us. We're going to have some great guests coming up later on in the month, but for now, you and I get to chew the fat.
0: Well, that's uh that's going to be fun. Actually, I want to start the show with an email we did get a listener email and you can do the same thing by sending it to and another thing at gmail.com. This comes from Richard in Prescott, which I believe is just outside of Ottawa, is that correct? Uh, yeah, Prescott. Yeah, you're
1: yeah. right. Yeah, it's yeah. just
0: outside of Ottawa. So he writes, "Mr. Clement was a big fan of yours when you were in parliament. Just a quick question. With all the controversies going on, do you believe that coronavirus was created in a lab?
1: Oh, wow. Okay, we can talk about that. Um, you know, uh, I know that uh, there's been a, you know, the WHO has said it wasn't uh, lab created. I, I think that that's still a working theory. Uh, and um, I believe that that should be looked into. I, I, uh, it kind of makes sense to me on one level. And, um, I, um, I, I, would not discount it. Let's put it that way.
0: Follow-up question. Was Pierre Polyev created in a lab? <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I, I can attest to the fact that, uh, he is amazingly human-like in he's, real life.
0: He's, you know, it's funny. I, I bring that up as a joke and Pierre is a good friend and I know you know him well too, but yeah. he is one of the, I think he's a hilarious guy. And I think oh, yeah. people yeah, that getting... don't know him, they see him on TV and they think that's, he, um what's the word like maybe come sanctimonious but it's i it's like a dry sense of humor um but he's i don't know he's a great guy i think well i
1: i gotta tell you in the last parliament uh when he was elevated to become the finance critic by andrew shear uh, i his questions in the house of commons during question period that was must see television i mean he reduced morneau uh to like a bumbling idiot, <laughs> and Trudeau Trudeau hated it. I mean, in fact, the whole Liberal caucus hated it when P- Polyev got up to do his round of questions. They they just detested it. So I I know that's not necessarily what you want to do, you know, be remembered for for the rest of your life or anything. He, he wants to get into cabinet again, I'm sure, uh, upon a success. But uh, yeah, it was it was must see TV. So. Um, there's something there he's got a good wit he he uh he did not rely on reading his notes which some questioners do in question period and and he 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 was very good on the back and forth repartee
0: well i I, i'm a huge fan of pierre and i have nothing but respect for him and i I do consider him a a good friend. And I would say this, and it's going to follow up into something for you too, but there is a, a good rivalry. If there are rivalries in the house of commons, there's a good Absolutely. one between him and Morneau because they go at it hardcore, even in committee. And it's like, uh, it's like one of those original six in hockey rivalries. And, and that's, uh, it's fun to watch, which leads me to asking you. Is, oh,
1: can I, I, can I give you
0: a story from, you know, I, I agree with that.
1: Uh, and, um, one of my rivals that I enjoyed the best was yeah. with Charlie Angus, okay, okay. Charlie Angus of the NDP, Timmins, Timmins MP. And he made the mistake once, like he was going up and down me on, uh, on G8 funding in Muskoka and, uh, you know, gazebos and all of that stuff. But one time he decided uh, to give me, he wanted to try to give me a nickname. So he came up with the silver Fox and he thought, you know, and I thought, actually that sounds pretty good you, you keep calling me you keep calling me silver fox i like that so then he had to change it but uh for a while that one didn't work too well
0: but you and you know it's funny you and charlie angus probably have a lot more in common than people would know correct
1: yeah well we're both our guitar players uh, he had his punk band and we both love northern ontario and uh, i i was the, the minister for northern ontario and so we'd have these clashes in parliament but there, there's an unspoken rule in Northern Ontario that you all have to work together—Liberal, NDP, Conservative. When you're actually doing stuff in Northern Ontario, you got to work together because there's, you know, there's the population needs it. Yeah. So um, we actually did work together pretty well uh, away from the cameras.
0: Okay, I want to shift to coronavirus and COVID-19 because. We get it we did get we actually are getting a lot of emails and someone else asked this question and I actually posted it on my Facebook uh, because they brought it up. and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. I think it's very well thought out and it raises some good points. And the, the point was this when this whole process of isolation and lockdown for lack of a better term started and, and I know you and I talked about this and you were very adamant about the reason behind it, it was to do one thing. And that was to ensure that our healthcare system wasn't overwhelmed. I don't think there was ever a plan to have this as a long term fix. And now, as worded by this email, the goalposts have shifted because there are some that are saying, you know, we should remain in isolation until a vaccine is discovered. So I guess my question is, were we off in assessing the true intent of this isolation? And if not, where did everything shift and and when did the change happen?
1: Yeah, I've thought a lot about this, uh, as has that uh, writer. And uh, they're absolutely correct that the first way this was pitched to us, and I agree with the lockdown, by the way. Uh, I know there are some that think we should have tried the Swedish approach, the herd. No, no, I I agree
0: with what we've been doing to date, so far. To date, right.
1: So, so, okay, so we're on the same page. And it was to give our hospitals and healthcare sector time to have the capacity to build up the capacity to deal with the, you know, thousands of patients on ventilators that they were uh, worried about, which of course didn't happen, but that's great that it didn't happen. I'm not, I'm not going to condemn anyone for locking down. And then the worst case scenario didn't happen. That's great. But, but here's the problem. If you're a politician, here's the problem, you know, what it's, it's the pottery barn problem. Uh, and that was, uh, uh, the sec- secretary of state, Colin Powell created this maxim for politicians. You, you know, you break it, you own it. Uh, you know, if you're in potty, bro- pottery barn, that's what yeah. the signs say. Yeah. Right. So as soon as the politicians did the lockdown, they own it politically now. Mm-hmm. So the, then the issue is, okay, wh- how do you get out of lockdown? The minute you get out of lockdown and somebody dies, it's you own, your fault. You own that. Yeah. 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 So this is the problem that's freaking them all out. Justin Trudeau, Doug Ford—the only guy who doesn't freak out—is Donald Trump. That's a whole different conversation. But but here uh, domestically, they they know that if they if they go out and they start uh, loosening uh, the vice grip, and then some people die, they're going to own that, and that's that's the issue they're grappling with right now.
0: Yeah, and here's here's another point, and I want to get your thoughts on this based on your background with SARS and being the health minister and being in parliament for as long as you were, because this is something that isn't being talked about. I think it's starting to be talked about, but it's not, and I'm going to unpack it here, because I've received several private messages from individuals who have spouses in the healthcare system. And Tony, I, I'm pretty sure you know this is true. That there are doctors not working. There are nurses being temporarily laid off because hospitals are operating well, well below their capacity because of one COVID patient or two COVID patients, which also fits into some of the narrative we heard earlier this week that there are cancer patients that are not getting the surgeries they require because of one, two or three COVID patients in the entire hospital.
1: Or a radiation or, therapy. Yes. Or, yeah. uh, yes. Yeah.
0: So my, th- th- why isn't this being discussed? I'm guessing it's because the healthcare workers are, are afraid to speak up and say anything like that, and there could be reprimands. And why isn't why aren't journalists digging more into those types of stories? Because I think if that started to come out more, there there may be some different viewpoints on how long we could go on like this.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's starting to be talked about. I have seen a few um, commentaries on this now. Like when, when you towed up, uh, obviously, every uh, death uh, from COVID is a tragedy. I'm not, I'm not yeah. belittling that. But there are other people who need uh, medical help, too. And uh, they're not exactly being encouraged <laughs> to to go to the hospital, so or to visit their doctors. So, uh, what's the opportunity cost or loss as a result of that? So, uh, I, I think that all of this is slowly creating the pressure uh, to have a plan. That's what Doug Ford uh, this past week was, you know, pressured into. What is your plan? Because uh saskatchewan announced its plan they've had four deaths so you know they want to get going they want to open up again pei same thing very few fatalities i think maybe zero or one or two in pei uh and so you know what's ontario going to do what's quebec going to do and so these politicians uh, they they don't want to loosen up right now but they've got to at least have a you know, here's what loosening up looks like. Uh, so that's what what I think we saw with Ford. Now, I know you and I disagreed. You thought Ford's announcement was nothing. It was just a, a wet squib. It was not really meaningful. I thought it was at least, a, pl- you know, here's when we start loosening up, this is what it's going to look like. So I gave him <laughs> a, a
0: marks for that. Yeah, I, can't but you, that. You, I can't do that.
1: Yeah, you, you thought it was uh, nothing. It was a nothing. No, burden, I mean, it right? was like,
0: it was honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating a bit here. It was honestly, Doug Ford comes out, says nothing. And now I'm going to hand it over to Vic Fidelli. Spoiler alert, he's going to say nothing. I'm going to hand it over to Christine Elliott. Just so you know, she's not going to say anything either. And Rod Phillips, oh man, the finance guy, he might say something, but nope, doesn't say anything. Just, yeah, we're going to open it up, slowly be safe. No benchmarks, no dates, nothing. I mean, they did say we have to see a decrease every two to four weeks. But Ford also said, look, guys, if you can hold on going to the cottage until August, which I'm sure I when I heard that, I was like, is this guy like there's no chance. There's no chance people are going to not go to the cottage until August.
1: There is no chance <laughs> that people are not going to go to my Muskoka. You're absolutely right.
0: Well, and speaking of you, you're a perfect authority on this one, too, because of your connection with the Muskokas. And I'll tell you about a a wild discussion that's going on here in Prince Edward County, which I'm sure you're well aware of their tourism aspect too, is they are actually discussing a motion. And by the time the show airs, it may have been squashed or whatever, but they are discussing the idea of asking the province to tell people not to come to Prince Edward County. And I understand why, for like they're concerned about safety and all that stuff. But at the same time, it's almost like you're saying... Hey, small businesses in the county, good luck with the rest of your year because you're not even giving them a chance to survive. And I'm wondering, would Muskoka ask the province to say, hey Doug, tell nobody tell tell individuals to not come to Muskoka? It's not you're not welcome here.
1: I think that there will be some pressure from some quarters and other quarters will not. There's a big divide in Muskoka between the cottagers and the permanent residents. And it has really been exacerbated with COVID-19 and, and there's been some ugly incidents of people yelling at other people because they're, uh, I think I've mentioned this on an earlier podcast, the frames around their license plates were, you know, from Toronto, Toyota or whatever. Uh, and, uh, so they knew that they were not locals. Um, I, I think that's really unfortunate. I think that, uh, yeah, I had a, I had a message the other day from a, a local, Tony, what do you, I, I know these cottagers and they're, they're not socially distancing and they're having parties at their cottage. And I, I said, well, that's wrong. Uh, you know, they shouldn't, they shouldn't do that. Well, what do you think about them being here? I, said, I, I feel they have every right to be at their cottage as long as they are exercising, Physical distancing and playing by the rules. And I said, and by the way, I was at my local Fresh Mart in Muskoka on uh, the previous Friday buying my groceries locally and uh I, I the locals there were not exercising physical distancing i nearly bumped into the stock boy like three times as i'm trying to careen away from him with my shopping cart you know so uh, don't just don't don't just say it's cottagers is what I'm.
0: no to say. And, and here's the real and this is and you've said this from day one too about human nature people are going to revert back. They're creatures of habit. They're going to go back to their ways, and I think that's understandable and we're doing the best they can. But look, Tim Hortons, I'll give you a perfect example. I go to Tim Horton's uh, the odd time through the drive through. Thank goodness it's there because it's one way for me to get out of the house and you know be sane for a little bit. But uh, you know, their staff are all clumped up at the window, and I don't fault them because it's they're doing what they got to do. They're on the front lines, but there's no chance they're six feet apart. I mean and yes they have a plexiglass thing but they're working hard and I applaud them for what they're doing and you you're not going to be the reality is you cannot socially or physical distance from every in every job job situation it's just not going to happen it's my big thing happen, you know what you do you wash, your wash your hands wash yeah. your hands and cough into your elbow that's probably the best advice that the health unit ever gave anybody in Dr. Tam, and that's what they should continue to do. If you're going to cough, cough in your elbow, wash your hands, and don't go out if you're sick. That's easy. That's what they should do.
1: That's what they should do, and then but then you've got nonsense happening, which which uh, degrades it. So in Ottawa this week, there was a, uh, a new stricture from the public health of Ottawa that they, they didn't want people to visit uh, their parents at the long-term care facility outside and uh, they didn't want them to wave at them through the window. That <laughs> oh that was, word. yeah, yeah. Because uh, there might be a pro- possibility that physical distancing could not be maintained. So, you know, here are these people, uh, our parents locked up in lockdown in long-term care facilities and you can't even wave at them through the window anymore. Yeah. this is th- This is the kind of thing that drives people crazy.
0: Yeah and it's and who would come up with that idea tony would that be bureaucrats or like that's yeah, not well, jim, that's not jim pub, watson Ottawa public health oh i don't public, public health. health okay yeah oh.
1: you know and just stupid yeah. like you know have have some common sense is is what we all ask and and have some understanding about, you know, people's emotional needs here, you know, and, uh, but when that doesn't happen, that's what uh, leads people to think, you know what, screw this, this is stupid, I'm going to go to the park and do chin-ups, uh, you know, at the, uh, in the park, you know, yeah. uh, uh, and, and more of that is going to happen in the future, unless we have the pathway to, you um, winding this down which is i think where uh doug ford is going to be in a couple of weeks at the outside he's going to have to say something about the wind down you know provincial parks are going to be open on this date. uh your local park can be open on this date. again practice physical distancing but uh you know your 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 flower shop and your plant shops can be open again so you can do some you know plants and some plants for spring and summer these these kinds of things i think are going to be useful and helpful
0: okay let's move on to another topic which is getting a lot of attention and that's uh mp and leadership candidate derek sloan who coincidentally enough is the mp for the riding right beside our riding of bay of He's from hastings lennox and addington and Derek has found himself in the middle of a media firestorm, a political firestorm. although I will say this with 20 years of experience in the media uh, he's certainly becoming known because before that's right I don't think anyone knew who he was and now they do so now uh, you they know, do I got to give him a, a little bit of credit on that one. So Tony, I, I why don't you unpack your angle and, and your viewpoint on this entire situation with Derek?
1: And I, I, Jody, and you should uh, chime in on this too, because I know you might have a contrary view. But, oh, I'll chime
0: uh, in, bud. I'll chime in.
1: Uh, I, I know. I knew I could count on you. <laughs> so Derek Sloan, obviously a first-time MP, uh, manages to, to get enough money and enough signatures to get on the ballot. There are three other candidates on the ballot. And um, he's got to try to make a name for himself, because you're right, nobody knows who he is. So he's, he says a bunch of outrageous stuff and a bunch of different things, uh, uh, he's a social conservative, so he doesn't believe in tra- uh, trans rights. Uh, so he says something about uh, Bill C-16. Uh, then uh, if th- that isn't the flavor of the month because everybody's worried about the pandemic. So he's got to say something about the pandemic. So he goes out and not only does he says that Teresa Tam, the chief public health officer, is doing a lousy job a lot of other people have said that too uh, that that isn't that isn't going to mark controversy so what does he do he questions her loyalty to canada he sa- he basically says you know she she was born in hong kong uh, she's got dual lo- loyalty uh, d- dual citizenship or dual loyalty and uh, he, she's actually an agent for china
0: well that's not you know? what he said but
1: but that's no he did he said no, he questioned he said, her loyalty he said
0: does she work for canada or for china because of where she was born no he's just it was a rhetoric. i mean you've been oh, around look i've been in media 20 20 years you've been around long enough i'm not agreeing with what he said all i'm saying is you know as well as i do that that's rhetorical and it was a dumb thing to say but i i don't question a, i don't yeah. question him at all and thinking okay. that she's actually working for china
1: but he does
0: you know he he I, actually
1: said that i don't yeah i know said he that. said it
0: I know he's, and it's, but a, I, it's a
1: trope. It's a trope. It's it's the same thing that anti Semites say about Jews: uh, the, the, uh, is their first loyalty to their religion, or is their first loyalty? This was used by the Nazis uh, to to go after the Jews uh, in in Hitler's Germany. So uh, I'm not saying he's a Nazi. I'm not saying uh, that uh, he he wants the final solution for uh, Chinese Canadians. I'm not saying any of that. All I'm saying is he used the language. That uh, that racists use when they want to uh, uh, highlight somebody, take them out of being Canadian, and then make them the other.
0: And so and you actually, you actually believe you actually believe he knowingly did that.
1: Yeah, I, I actually believe he knowingly did that. Yeah, really? I'll say that. Interesting. Sure. Yeah, I, I will say that. Now he he was doing it. His motive was not to be seen as a racist his motive was he wanted to say something that was going to resonate with the base of what he thinks is the base of the conservative party uh and uh, and therefore he had to say not only that dr tam uh, is doing a bad job but she's working full-time for china rather than canada because of where she was born and the, if he had just stuck to the first thing he would have been you know, i wouldn't say in the mainstream of canadian society most canadians think she's working hard on behalf of them but it, there is starting to be criticism of Theresa Tam in terms of some of the decisions that she made, especially early on when she, when when she recommended that we not close the flights from China and so on. So, that you know, at least you can make that argument. But he completely blew away that argument. No other person now, as a conservative, can attack Dr. Tam for the decisions she's made on the public policy grounds for fear of being roped into Derek Sloan's corner and being accused of being a racist. So oh, Yeah, no, well, I
0: think it's it's telling also how none of the other leadership candidates have really come out and said one way or the other their opinions on Sloan's comments, which I think speaks volumes to bigger issues that we have within the party myself. Because I, I personally feel like we're as speaking as a conservative that we are basically handing the next election to the liberals on a platter right now so
1: well this stuff opinion. doesn't help and and any uh, conservative strategist will tell you don't attack tam anyway she's not running for office yeah she's she's a public servant if you're going to attack anyone attack patty haidu yeah. attack justin trudeau those are the because they're politicians yeah so he he actually was making it harder for conservatives to have a political discussion about the management of the pandemic, because he went off on you know on on his branch and sought it off himself, uh, uh, you know, and uh, I, I just think it was bad strategy and it was disreputable because of the uh, racist tropes that he was using.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to be interested to see how this all plays out. I don't, I mean, personally, I don't think he's going to get booted out of the leadership race. I don't think he's going to get booted out of caucus. Um, I think the worst that could happen is probably at the next election. I wouldn't want to guarantee that he wins. Uh, if he runs in the next election, but. Uh, well,
1: and he might be. Uh, uh, there might be somebody who will challenge him for the nomination, nomination. in his writing. Well, but he could that's be, what he happened could be
0: leader, Tony. So that would be, uh, you know. Yeah, that would be
1: a bad move. <laughs> but no, but I mean, look what happened to Kelly Leach. Same, same deal. She ran a very aggressive campaign and tried to create a, a campaign for leader based on the other, based on. Uh, you know, we we need to have special tests for immigrants to make sure that they share the same morality we do, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, she she was a leadership candidate. She got her six or seven percent of the vote at the end of the day. Uh, she got on the cover of McLean's magazine for one week. Uh, and uh, at the end of the day, she couldn't she couldn't win her nomination. So uh, she she dropped out. So um, who knows what the future is for Derek? But all I know is it's very distracting within conservative circles right now to have this kind of debate go
0: on yeah and i my final comment on this is I, I i have a couple views on it i think i think it's a rookie mistake i don't think it was something that he should have been doing i agree with you you don't attack the public servant there's uh, many other politicians that he could have went after i don't think this was the time for this but then people would say well when do, when should he ask those questions well you know what we're in the middle of a, a pandemic everybody's got to uh, come together as much as I don't really like that cliche analogy, but uh, that's the reality of it. And there will be time for those types of questions. But I will say this: I don't believe Derek Sloan is a racist. So I'm going to leave okay. it at that. I don't believe it yep. at all. I mean, a lot of people. Not that this disqualifies you from being a racist, but it, I mean, his wife is from Guyana, so I mean, okay. I, you know. But I don't. I don't. I, I don't, I, I don't I, I believe at all for a second line, that he's a racist. Yeah.
1: Okay. But, you know, uh, I don't, I've not had a lot of dealings with him. You've had more with him. I'm just, uh, all I can do is assess him based on his actions, you know, and his words. So that's what we're doing. And uh, then the leadership race is now back on, um, Jody. Uh, August 21st is the new leadership uh, election date. So I'm sure we'll hear a lot more from the uh, conservative leadership candidates. And I think the, the party wants to get on with it. They want to get a, a proper full time leader, uh, it, you know, uh, against Justin Trudeau as soon as possible.
0: So. Yeah, and it's it's interesting how Sheer just can't win at all. I mean, they still continue to pile on him. He must. I feel bad for him too.
1: It's tough, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, any opposition politician at the time of a national crisis, international crisis, it's going to be tough. Look at Andrea Horvath. she's not getting great reviews in Ontario as a leader of the opposition either. Uh, so, and, you know, what about Jagmeet Singh, same, same deal, but it's worse for Andrew Sheer because everybody knows he's on his way out. So no one has any investment in him to defend him.
0: Quickly, Tony, I want to get your thoughts. And I know there's probably a couple of little things that you want to put out there too, but just, just cause we're talking about parliament and you mentioned Jagmeet Singh, you know, the discussion happened earlier this week about the emergency benefit. He wanted it to be universal for everybody, which leads me into, look, I appreciate the measures that the government is putting out there for individuals and I'm not going to disagree with it. But what I would say is it is a lot of freaking money and I'm concerned about how we're going to get that back.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Once you, uh, once you give it, it's hard to take it away, (laughs) isn't
0: it? Yeah. It's a lot of money, a lot, a lot of money.
1: And, and, uh, you know, I, I have my misgivings about this uh, uh, universal income uh, benefit idea. Um, I, I, I'm not sure the uh, people are given the incentive then to go out and work. Uh, uh, so I, I have a concern about that. So, but but uh, there's, a, there's a number of people on the left in particular, although people also uh, like Hugh Siegel, who's a conservative, who believe in this universal benefit idea a universal basic income, I guess. Uh, and, um, they want to see this as the start of that project. So, um, I'm hoping from my point of view, I, I'm not a big fan of that and I hope it doesn't happen, but it's going to be part of our political debate for sure.
0: Okay. So we're coming to the end of this show. Is there anything pressing? Like you said, you had some funny stuff to share. I want to hear Well, I
1: mean, uh, I just, I, I just find it funny about, you know, um, men in particular although women too about our hair okay like we don't have access to a barber or a salon this is true so I've, i' I've decided I'm not cutting my I'm not gonna try to cut my hair or have someone else do it. and I'm growing my side my sideburns are down to the lower end of my cheekbones now. Uh, but uh, other people are you know trying to cut their hair at home or uh, do uh, their, or crazy crap is happening with their hair and and uh, mostly women, although I'm sure some men are dyeing their hair at home to take away some of the gray. So it's just uh, I've just seen more and more people on Zoom with really bad hair days. I don't know if you've noticed the same thing, but it's it's a bit crazy. And my only other point I want to make today uh, is uh, I found the perfect soundtrack for me and for The Lockdown, which is uh, a wonderful uh, record uh, called, um, well, it's by Fiona Apple, first of all. Oh,
0: yeah, and
1: Fiona. It's, and it's called Fetch the Bolt Cutters. It was just released like a few weeks ago. Uh, and she was like a 90 star. Remember, she had that yeah. big hit, Crim- Criminal. Yeah. And then nobody heard from her for a while. But this this album, which she she recorded at, at her home, I think, is just spectacular. And it feels like the perfect COVID lockdown record. So I would recommend Fiona Apple fetch the bolt cutters to our
0: listeners. Interesting. Yes, I remember Fiona Apple. I remember, yeah. It's funny you say that because she is, yeah, I hadn't heard from her in a long time we haven't she she had a big
1: problem she was very afraid of uh live performance
0: she just couldn't
1: she couldn't do it and so her career kind of went by the wayside i think because she couldn't tour but uh this album is brilliant i I really recommend it
0: by the way tony why aren't you doing like a living room concert for everyone that's in isolation
1: well, I did post on my Instagram, uh, my, uh, yeah, my green but, day
0: but guitar. 10 rich. seconds of it. <laughs> yeah, you need to about, do like three or four songs, do a little preamble, get your Facebook live going and do a nice little living room concert for us. Oh,
1: could I also recommend to, to our listeners, thank you for reminding me, uh, one of the, uh, the my favorite live streamed, Concert to date out of the lockdown was post-Malone. Did you see that the no. last week? No. He uh he had Travis Barker, who's the drummer for Blink 182, yep. in another room and he had a couple he had a bass guitar and another uh a rhythm guitar guy, and they did an hour and a half of Nirvana songs. Wow. Like Uh, And it was to raise money for frontline workers, et cetera. It's on YouTube. It's unbelievable. I, you know, I love Nirvana. We don't hear enough Nirvana anymore because no one, because obviously the band doesn't exist after Kurt died and the Foo Fighters don't do Nirvana songs. So to hear these Nirvana songs being played live, with like just raunchy guitar licks by Post Malone, hmm. I uh, it was unbelievable. So uh, that's my other another thing recommendation. Well,
0: and I've got one more too because I just noticed that Ashley McIsaac has recently joined Instagram, and he's doing live Kitchen Kaylies from from his house, I assume. And I haven't oh, really? seen, I haven't seen him in forever. He looks a lot different. I'll leave it at that, but he's still amazing on the old fiddle there or whatever he plays, so good for
1: him. Yeah. Man. That's uh, you see everybody's getting into it. Uh, it doesn't replace live venues for me and I'm very sad that we probably won't see any live uh, tours this summer at all. Uh, I'm very sad about that. I know it's not it's like a first world problem. I get that, but uh, live uh, live music was a big part of my life, not so much now but
0: would you, um okay i know we're going on here and on and on about music but would you do like would you do something like this though let, let's say a big band was doing uh, didn't do tours but they offered up um, facebook lives private facebook lives so let's say 50 people and you paid a certain amount of money and you were able to engage them like personally, like they would literally say, like, let's—I'm just throwing it out here—but let's say you two did a show, and hey, hey, Tony, you know, they have it into like a personal chat with you. So there's 50 people in this live. You paid money to see it. Would you do that?
1: Uh, I probably not. No, probably not. I mean, I. I I know all these bands, like we had Kelly Ogden on from the Dolly Rots a couple of weeks ago, they're, they're doing a lot of uh, live, uh, Instagram live performances and stuff like that. They, they're trying. And other people are trying to do one thing, uh, one thing or another. I, I know uh, the directors of Avengers Endgame did a frame-by-frame analysis of the movie uh, on Instagram live, which uh, my daughter was really into. Uh, so there's all this. There is the content happening and uh, entertainment happening i just i just miss live yeah. I, I miss being in a crowd i miss the energy of being in a crowd uh, when you you're at a kick-ass live uh music show yeah. or uh or a sports event yeah. i know hebzy Hebsey was saying on her show well who wants to be at a sports event
0: i, I, do. Do. <laughs> I do i do yeah, i disagree on that one but yeah i, I agree i want to be at a, a sports event and you know as you would say tony you might not admit it all the time, but nothing can replace an in sync concert. So um, I, know, <laughs> I know you've always enjoyed those. Okay. So uh, no uh, comment. <laughs> make, make sure you follow us on every uh, platform that's out there. Uh, you can email us and another thing at gmail.com. Uh, hey, if you run into Scott Reed, it's an ongoing thing. Make sure you say hi for us uh, because he won't say hi to us. And uh, Gord, Perks. Don't. Gord Perks, the same thing. Man, you know, I will say one thing about Scott Reed is he he gets the old heart rate going on Twitter there. He gets worked up pretty quickly.
1: He he gets worked up. Oh, man. So there's a lot of Twitter Twitter arguments going on these days. It's probably not a good thing.
0: Yeah. So anyway, enjoy the rest of your week, Tony. Uh, We'll talk to you in seven days.
1: We have got got another great show coming up uh, a week from now.